Welcome to the Coming Clean Podcast with your host, Peter O. For over 25 years, entrepreneur, speaker, and CEO Peter O. Estevez has built businesses all over the world, and today he shares his experiences, failures, and successes along the side of some of the most sought-after thought leaders to help you pave your way to success. Please welcome to the show your host, Peter O. Estevez. Hello and welcome to the episode of Coming Clean Podcast. This is your host, Peter O. Estevez. Thank you and welcome one more time. And thank you for supporting us each and every week. Today, we have none other than Brandon Kane. Brandon Kane is the author of One Million Followers and his newly released book, Hook Point, How to Stand Out in a Three-Second World. Thanks for having me. Uh, I appreciate it. I think to answer that question, you've got to really kind of dive into the world that we find ourselves in today. And that world is one where there's over 60 billion messages sent out on digital platforms each day. Wow. Between social media, push notifications, emails, texts, all of that creates an extremely noisy and oversaturated market. You know, the reality of the situation is, is now you're not just competing against your direct competition. You're competing against every piece of content for that, uh, that attention, for to, to earn that stop in the scroller, to earn that click. So in doing that, you, you've really got to understand that your first job as a content creator, a brand, an entrepreneur, whatever it is, both online and offline, is to win the first part of the conversation. And we really see that first part of the conversation is happening in less than three seconds, which seems kind of crazy because it's like, well, what can you do in three seconds to really start a conversation? But that's really why I spent the past two years putting the, this information into, into the book Hook Point is because we found that as the contributing factor to success for our brands and for our clients' brands in all, all different industries is if you got to figure out how to win those first three seconds. And I want to dive into your book in a second, but I want to talk about, you know, the, the first three seconds, which was used to be in the in old school world used to be known as first impression, right? First impression. How do you how do you appeal to somebody's first impression? You know, and it wasn't too long ago, a couple of years ago, Gary B used to cautious us and used to tell us, go out there if you want to get branded, if you want to be an uh, you know, uh, if you want to be an influencer, if you want to grow your business, you need to spend a lot of money on ads. You need to spend money on Instagram. You need to spend money on, 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 on Facebook. You need to produce a whole bunch of content. But the reality is that it's not as easy as it used to be. There's a whole bunch of uh, nuts and cracks that have been developed over, you know, with, with this different platforms because the big boys are coming into town and there are noticing the value of social media and all traditional advertising is changing. Okay. Now you prove that world a little bit wrong when you actually develop a million followers in, in a 30 day period in a hundred different countries. How did you do that in a world like this? Yeah. So the, so first off, it, it's not like I woke up one morning and just decided I was going to do it and hope that it would happen. I had spent 
Uh, so when I did the 30 day time period, I did it on Facebook first, and then I developed a subsequent system on Instagram. Instagram took a little bit longer and I'll explain why. Uh, so when I first started with the Facebook experiment, I had spent three and a half years building a set of testing methodologies uh, on top of Facebook for my brand clients and, and corporate clients and celebrity clients that I was working with. Because what I noticed was that in a previous company that I was advising, we were, where we were managing about $100 million a year in paid advertising for the biggest brands in the world, there was just this crazy inefficiency of they would spend all of this money, hundreds of thousands, in some cases, millions of dollars on a piece of content. And then they said, well, we want to spend another million dollars plus running this content against this specific audience. Let's just say it's uh, females 35 plus. And when you ask them, well, how do you know that this piece of creative is going to resonate with this audience, the tune of spending all this money, investing all this money, nine times out of 10, they did not have the analytics or data to support that decision. It was just a creative hunch. It was a creative guess. And this was a reoccurring theme that I would see over and over and over again. And I was like, listen, like there's gotta be a better way to do this because yes, for a big corporation, if you lose a few times, it's not going to put a huge dent, but it's not a long-term strategy. And then what about the rest of us that don't have that type of money? So that's where I started building these, these testing methodologies to quickly iterate and test uh, content formats, themes, structures to really understand, well, what is going to get somebody to perform a specific action? whether it was a follow or maybe it was a click or maybe it was a lead or maybe it was a sale or maybe it was a share, whatever that was, I created this system to be able to provide that guidance and intelligence to my clients to make more informed decisions about what creative we should produce and what creative we should spend money behind. So I built it on top of the Facebook advertising platform, not using it as a media buying tool, but using it as a market research tool. Because the beauty of the way that Facebook built its platform, you can control every single variable of a piece of content. So what I would do is I would take a single piece of content and I would turn it into 100 plus variations. And what that looked like is there was, there's five key elements to a variation. So there's the creative, whether it's an image or the video. And sometimes we'll create variations off of it if we have the time and we have the budget. The second is the text associated with it. So it's the, the captions or the headline, Facebook, it's above, Instagram, it's below. The third one was the demographics. Are we pushing this to males or females um, and you know the age group? And then the fourth was the interest level. Okay, who do they follow? What brands or services do they buy? What movies do they watch? What music do they listen to? And then the fifth is the geolocation which you can test all the way down to a zip code or you can test as large as a content or even the entire world. So what I would do is I would create a piece of content and I would take that one piece of content and create multiple variations of it. So I would change out the headline. I would change out the demographics or the interest level or geolocation to the tune of turning it into a single piece of content into hundred plus variations. And the reason I did that is because it gave me more chances to, to win and more chances to learn. And when I say win, performing the key performance indicator that we were going after for the client. And it was different for each person. Um, and then it gives you more chances to learn. Even if it doesn't work, I would take those learnings and dissect, well, what about it that didn't work? Or if something did work, what was the contributing factor to the driving success of this work? And when I did the experiment of generating a million followers in 30 days, I tested 5,000 variations of content in that time period. 
And again, it sounds like a huge number, but when you break it down, as it wasn't, I, te- I wasn't testing 5,000 individual pieces of content. I was taking content and really testing it at scale. And what I was really looking for in that is obviously what are the content formats, trends, themes happening. But I was also really paying attention to is which content was getting people to share at the highest velocity and measuring that shareability because the ad platform gives you the ability to seed your content to audiences. You can't force an audience to follow, to buy, to click or any of those things. All you can do is seed the content. And for me, what I wanted to learn was, well, how do I get people that have never heard of me before know nothing about me because I'm not a celebrity or I was on television. I didn't even have a book at that time. How do I get somebody in all parts of the world that knows nothing about me to share my content or my message with everybody they know so that you can maximize earned lift off of that spend that you're having? So again, yes, I'm using an advertising. Yes, I'm using a media buying tool, but more from a market research standpoint to identify audiences and content formats that will get people to make my brand go viral to essentially acquire those million followers uh, in 30 days. And from there, you develop a system, which is now you turn into a book, which is called Book. Is that correct? Yeah. So the so when I did that, it wasn't a matter of if I could do it. It was a matter of why I should do it. Because again, I was sitting on three and a half years of experience. I knew I could do it because I had done, I had tested hundreds of thousands of variations of content before that. And it plays into the second book of the importance of how do you stand out in a three-second world? And that's where a hook point comes in is my whole career and the success I've had for myself and also for, for my brand clients. And, and people ask me, well, how do you close MTV as a client or Taylor Swift or these people? Or how do you get a million followers in 30 days? Or how do you sell so many books? It's because I start with a hook point. How do we stand out and grab somebody's attention to bring them into a larger conversation we want to have with them. So the idea came into my head is generating a million followers in 30 days. And then I called a literary agent that's represented over $5 billion worth of book sales. And I said, listen, this is my idea. If I do this, will you represent me and get me a publishing deal? And he said, yes. And I had thought about doing a book for several years, but I just didn't feel like I had that hook to, to grab people's attention. And the world that I come from is I started off in the film industry. You have to think big because if you don't, you get fired. You can never bring an idea to the table that reaches 10,000, hundred thousand, or even a million people. You've got to be operating in the tens of millions or hundreds of millions of people. So when I had that, that um, feedback from the literary agent that yes, we can get a publishing deal. Then I went off and did it because I knew it was a hook point of you know, generating a million followers in 30 days that it could bring people into my brand and my ecosystem so I can teach them the things that they really needed to know to be successful with social media. Now, let me ask you a question. Is it important in order to be able to get your message for someone to have a million followers for, 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 for the value of whatever it is that you're selling, whatever it is you're promoting, whether it's a book, whether it's a course, whatever it is, is it is, do they go parallel? The number of followers, does it go parallel with the success of the end product? A great question. And the answer is no. Okay. It, 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 you can, there's, I know people that have a million followers that make very little money. I know people with 10,000 followers that, that make millions of dollars. It's, it's really all about how you leverage it for your business, your brand or your benefit. For me, 
I knew that a million followers for me, even they are all real people. And I know a bunch of them have bought my books and other stuff, but the, the generating the million followers in 30 days was not about how do I turn myself into an influencer and then start selling products to them. It's a leverage point to get book deals, to get speaking engagements, to get on podcasts, to do all of those things. And, and leveraging not just the online number for the online sake, but leveraging it offline as well. So using that hook point and leveraging it in all these different facets, that has contributed to millions of dollars in revenue. But that was a strategy that I had designed from day one. And as you know, like there's plenty of people out there that have a lot of followers. It's not today's world. It's not you've got a million followers, even 10 million followers, and automatically you're going to get rich. It's what you do with it that counts and having the strategy behind it. Now, you keep referring to something when you talk about Hook'em as online, online and offline. What is the difference between each one of those? Yeah, so when we look at, like, the, just take the million followers in 30 days hook point. It works both online and offline. It works online from advertising perspectives for selling books. It works online for getting podcast interviews. It works offline by getting speaking engagements, speaking in front of thousands of people, getting flown around the world. It works offline from print publications picking you up. It works offline when I walk into a boardroom or a meeting and I talk about that experiment and how I did it. So that's kind of what I, I mean by that. And I get that. But let me ask you a question. Is it pitched the same online that it is offline or is it two different pitches? It's the same content, but contextually it's shaped differently okay. because online it's different. Like if we're running ads to sell a book and we're pushing it to a cold audience that knows nothing about me, knows nothing about my book, that message has to be contextualized or that hook point has to be contextualized in a different way than, I'm, than if I'm walking into a boardroom with somebody that already knows who I am or somebody has context about the meeting that we're about to have. So again, a lot of the work that we do is we don't change the content of a brand. We don't change the content of an individual. We change the way that you contextualize it based on the platform, the goals, and all of that, and the audience to make sure that people hear it and connect with it. Three seconds is a very, very short amount of time, but I, I, I understand that. Let's call it the three-second rule because, you know, we have 60 million pieces of content coming across on a daily basis to people, you have a very short span. But what are the what are the uh, the the cornerstones or the pillars or the hooks on that three second? What is it? What does that contain of? What do we look for in those three seconds? So one of the the, the terms, and I'm and I know you're definitely aware of this that we look at is pattern interruption. So we study the pattern. So if we open up Instagram right now, you're going to watch. Kim Kardashian talking about fashion. You're going to watch LeBron James dunk a basketball. You're going to watch Netflix trailer. Then comes your content. How do you interrupt that pattern to just get somebody to stop the scroll and pay attention to what you have to say? And that can take shape in many different forms. It can take the shape of a meme card, like the burned in title at the top of a video. It can turn uh, in the, the form of a performance, like Prince EA, who wrote the forward for my first book, is a master at this his performance, his cadence, his tone. It can take uh, shape in terms of the visual. You look at movie trailers today online. They have a five-second trailer that plays before the trailer with all these fancy explosions or things just to grab your attention, get you to stop. 
And that's saying something for a company that spends $100 million producing a piece of content that has to do that, that shows you the need for it. So to answer your question, it can be several different things. It could be words. It can be visuals. It can be pacing. There's, there's many different factors or variables that come into play to just get somebody to stop, to win that first part of the conversation, to get into the story, get into the message of what you're trying to convey. So you, you get someone to stop, but there has to be more than the stop, right? Yeah. You know, uh, Brad, uh, Brad Leah, who, who you've been on his podcast, you know, Brad uses that explosion every so often and he is very catchy, right? And he's, the pattern interrupt. How, what's that? It's a pattern interruption. A pattern interruption, right? So, so, so it, it's catchy, and he has he has a very dynamic persona, and he he's engaging, and and he has a, a very intriguing way of asking questions. Okay, but there has to be something else to be able to get them to to continue. What do I need to look for beyond beyond that pattern interruption? Well, I think that there's two things. Is one in order to develop a pattern interruption, you have to understand the pattern. And most people don't understand the pattern. They don't look at the pattern. Like I just had a strategy call this morning with one of the top fashion brands in the world. And we were looking at their account. We were looking at all the other top luxury fashion and they're all following the same pattern and it's failing miserably from a reach and engagement perspective. So that's where the conversation was first to identify what the pattern is so that you can then break it. But in addition, what we look at is like one of the tools that we use in, in you know, disrupting patterns is called subverting expectations, is flipping known things on its, on its head. And so, for example, we had a video go viral where the meme card at the top said, warning in all capital letters with exclamation points, safety is dangerous. Okay. So we're flipping that consumption, uh, that, that, that known held um, belief or quote or whatever you want to call it on its head but you hit it right on the head is like we're not talking about clickbait here you, you can't just grab attention and then lose it so there's three core pillars to a successful hook point is one is what we've been talking about is that pattern interruption how do we just get somebody to stop but your job is not done once you have the attention how long can you hold it for because that determines your success so that's the story we tell and how effective that story, how effective that content is to hold that story. And then that third core pillar is at the end of that story, do people believe it? Do they trust it? All three of those have to play together because if we don't generate the pattern interrupt, we don't generate that hook, we never get to the story. If we story and what else? And, and trust and believability. Okay. So it's, it's, again, it's like you don't have the pattern interruption, you don't get to the story. If you have the pattern interruption, that's great but your story is not good, which is typically clickbait, it falls apart. If you have a great hook, a great story, but people don't believe it, then it falls flat. So all three have to play together in order to be successful. And in this world, especially when we talk about social media, the biggest contributing factor of your success or lack thereof is do you play to what the algorithms are looking for? And the algorithms are looking for one thing and one thing only is how do we keep people on the platform longer? That's how they make money. So they're going to prioritize the content that holds attention the longest. Because if you opened up Instagram right now, there's probably a thousand pieces of content it could see to you based upon all the accounts that you follow, all the content that you've engaged with over whatever period of time you've been on it. And because of that, when you open up Instagram, it obviously can't seed you a thousand pieces of content and be overwhelming. So it has to prioritize what are the top 15 pieces of content that I'm going to see to this person 
that's going to keep them on the platform longer, which means 985 out of the thousand posts are going to get deprioritized and never going to reach your feed. So that's where it's like, if you want to be successful in today's world, both online and offline, it comes down to those three core pillars is how do you get somebody to stop? Because if you don't get somebody to stop, they're not going to hear your story. They're not going to hear how great your product or services or how much value you can, can, can um, pr- provide to the world. And then if you master that, then you have to hold the attention. You have to hold the attention in such a way that builds enough trust and credibility to get somebody to perform the action that you're looking for. Now, has social media become a corporate game or is it still available for the average individual? You know, you, 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 quote, uh, you were quoted to where you actually have uh, no five different companies that you've taken uh, or, or in fact gone from being, building them into billion dollar companies within the last five years. OK, so is there still those opportunities available or this has become a, 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 a game or a medium for the Netflix, for the Amazon, for the, for the big boys. No, it's definitely a game that anybody can win if you have the right strategy in place, even starting from scratch or starting from zero. I mean, that's where influencers came from. It's like influencers are able to mass reach massive audiences, sometimes bigger than some of the biggest brands in the world. It's not to say that they're making as much money as them because they don't have the infrastructure and the strategy, but yes, like, is it hard? Yeah. I'm not going to say it's dead simple, to do. Um, but you can do it. You can achieve it with the right strategy and the right mindset going into it. Now you, you spend, uh, 30 days, um, experimenting. Okay. Uh, with 5,000 pieces of content. Okay. The average individual that is operating a business, especially a, a, a solopreneur or an entrepreneur does not have the time or resources to be able to test 5,000 pieces of content. Well, yeah, again, it was 5,000 variations of content. And when I ran that experiment, it only took me, it only took me less than an hour a day. Oh, really? It wasn't, it wasn't like I was, you know, spending all time doing that. But again, that's, that's just what I did. I'm not saying that you have to go to that extreme. Like you don't like, it's just, that's the way that we operate and that's the way that we grow. But to me, the biggest message is, are you testing? Are you learning? You don't have to test thousands, but most people I see is when they're creating content, they just keep producing content. They don't stop and see, well, why isn't this working? What do we need to do differently? What is a new hypothesis? What are some references that we can look at? How do we deconstruct those references to improve our ability to be successful in this new world? So tell us about your book. Tell us about Hook. And what can we expect from your book? Well, Hook Point basically breaks down all of what we've talked about today. It breaks down how to... A, grab attention in the shortest time period possible, how to B, hold that attention and how to do it in a believable and trustable, trustworthy way so that you can drive the action that you're looking for. And it's not just me that's in the book. I went off and interviewed my friends and some of the biggest marketers in the world, like a friend of mine that has sold over a billion dollars worth of product on social media alone, social media ads, breaking down their methodologies. But it's really all about how you can master the art of grabbing attention and holding it to drive the growth for any aspect of your brand, both online and offline. Now, let me, let me ask you another off the wall question. There's a lot of people that have been, uh, that the buy uh, followers, the buy likes, the buy comments. Is that an effective tool in today's, in, 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 in today's market, the way the, the algorithms are playing in social media? Well, I mean, 
if you're buying any of those things, it means it's probably not legit. So I would stay away from that. I mean, there's ways that you can advertise your con content or there's firms or individuals that you can hire to advertise your content and they will back into a cost per follower. That's okay. Again, only if you're leveraging it, like, what are you doing it? What does it mean for your brand? What does it mean for your product or service? Because at the end of the day, it's like, it doesn't mean anything if you don't leverage it into revenue or a larger opportunity. And again, even if you generate followers, you have to play to what the algorithms do. So people try and cheat the algorithms by getting, gaining more followers or gaining likes or comments or uh, engagement groups or things like that. That's not really going to help a poorly uh, constructed content or content that doesn't hold attention, grab attention and hold it. So you've got to really at the, at the, the, at the, the base level, you've got to become a great content creator because none of those things are really going to happen at the end of the day if you don't have, you know, great content to place of what the algorithms want. Knowing your, brand, uh, your, your background, Brandon, and knowing the type of clients that you had spoken about, um, it sounds like, uh, well, let me rephrase that. What would be the average budget for an individual to be able to go into this and implement some of the uh, systems that you're talking about? Depends on the business. Like some of our strategies cost no money at all. Okay. Some of the strategies cost a lot of money, but when we're talking about a lot of money, we work our way up. It's like with all of our clients, we want to get them to a point where we can spend as much money as possible because it's driving profit. So it, 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 again, it depends on the business, but even when we're talking about spending money, we want to build it incrementally into the overall revenue model into the, to making sure that we're generating that ROI to continue to fuel that growth. But again, we have strategies and there's strategies outlined in the book. There's strategies that we develop for clients that cost no money. It just costs time. So tell us uh, uh, some of the services available at, at Hookpoint, your agency. Yeah, so where we, where we specialize in is helping individuals develop that hook helping them develop that hook to stand out in oversaturated crowded markets. And again, that hook can be used for online from an organic perspective to build followers. Engagement can be used from a paid perspective. If they're running lead gen campaigns or conversion based campaigns, running paid advertising can be used offline, generating strategic partnerships, getting, you know, big business deals. So it's, and we work in every single industry. There's not a single industry or sector that we haven't done work in. And we, we actually love that part of it. Brendan Kane, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Tell where people can find you in social media. Yeah, they can uh, direct message me on Instagram at Brendan Kane. They can check out the book Hookpoint. If they go to book.hookpoint.com, they get access to a free masterclass along with the book. And then they can also email me directly at bkane at brendanjkane.com. Thank you for your time. We appreciate having you. Thanks for having me. In my position, you would never let Nah, real talk, I had to get it from the mo. Real talk, now I'm vibing with a bayroll. Thanks for joining us today on another episode of the Coming Clean Podcast. Make sure to join Peter and his next guest on a brand new episode as we continue changing and impacting lives across the world. Share this episode with a friend. Follow, subscribe, and leave a review. 
go ahead and get it fast nah. Hit a dash in my position, you will never last nah. Real talk, I had to get it from the mo Real talk, now I'm vibing with a bayro Let's go